You're a small business, you work hard, but you don't have a huge marketing budget and you're always looking for new ways to find customers. Have you ever thought about audio? You're listening to an ad right now, aren't you? Introducing AudioGo, a new online platform that lets you run ads on the top podcast and digital radio stations. Don't have a radio ad? We'll make one for you. Sign up for free today at audiogo.com. AudioGo, audio advertising made simple. Big Mac, Chicken McNuggets, no, Big Mac and Quarter Pounder with cheese. Or filet fish You'd be doing the same thing if you were at McDonald's because you can choose not just one, but two of your favorites for just six bucks. Tasty Big Mac, crispy 10-piece Chicken McNuggets, juicy Quarter Pounder with cheese, or savory filet fish Enjoy two of your all-time favorites for just six bucks, if you can decide on the two. Prices and participation may vary, cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal, single item at regular price. What's up, everybody? This is Scott Yeager here with another edition of Challenge Mania. This episode is brought to you by Challenge Mania Live New Orleans. That's right. We are finally coming down by the bayou on Saturday, June the 20th. Tickets are not on sale yet, but you should put Wednesday, March Fourth in your calendar because at 12 p.m. Eastern time, tickets will go on sale to everyone. Now, if you can't wait, if you don't want to risk it selling out early because there's only one ticket for this event, it's not VIP and GA. They're all VIP. All tickets come with the meet and greet. We will have a two-day pre-sale for patrons. Challenge Mania patrons will get tickets starting next Monday, March the 2nd at 12 p.m. Eastern. So head to patreon.com slash challenge mania today if you want the pre-sale for one of our, I mean, one of our greatest lineups ever, Trishel, Tony, Jemmy, and that might not even be it. We might even be adding more. So head to patreon.com slash challenge mania. Consider becoming a patron for the month of March. And from what I hear, rumors are there may be more than one reason that you want to be a patron of challenge mania next week. I'll just leave it at that. All right. I've said too much. I've said too much. You didn't come for me. You came for D. So on the line right now, he is the... Tony Kukoc to my Michael Jordan. I'm just kidding. I'm pro- I'm Tony Kukoc. You're I Michael like Tony Jordan. Kuk- I like Tony Kukoc. Right, we can both be Tony Kukoc. We're both Tony Kukoc. We're Tony to coach. Mr. Derek Kaczynski. What's up? Yeah, but I mean, come on. You kind of let that one slip. You could have said my Giannis to your Thansis. Or oh, something yeah. along those lines. Based so on, on the- your night with the Milwaukee Bucks yesterday and getting... Uh, last year's NBA MVP and quite possibly the most dominant player in the NBA, quite possibly the best player in the NBA right now, Giannis Ankatapakumpo. I slaughtered that. You nailed it. Um, you, get, you came closer to getting that right than you did Parvati. I'll tell you that. So Parvati. I will it's, say it's, it's funny. I was talking. Parver, to, it's not Parvati. It's Parvati. You right. threw an extra R in there. I know. I Come always on. do. I always do. Um, I think I subconsciously try to make it sound less like poverty. Um, but no, it's interesting. So we, I was talking to my friend today about how Giannis has this last name that like, I mean, you, you, everyone who follows basketball or even sports knows exactly who he is. He's the MVP of the league, but even the most confident sports fans like myself, I avoid saying his last name, uh, like the plague. So I call him Giannis. I call him the Greek freak. Um, I mean, I'll give it a shot. Ante, uh, Ante Tacompo. 
Um, I don't even, I, I don't you even gotta, know shit. You gotta just go for it. You can't think about it. Onto Katumpo. There you go. And then be, um, and then be confident <laughs> that you said it right. Either way, uh, yes. Yeah, so what you're mentioning, uh, some of you may have seen the photos by now, but, uh, within the last year or so, I found out that Giannis was a challenge fan. Uh, his brother, uh, Thanasis, who used to be on the Knicks G League team and now plays with Giannis on the Bucks, also a challenge fan too. Apparently Giannis makes him watch it, but now he's a fan of it as well. Giannis had mentioned during a, uh, like a post game interview, oh, I gotta go home and watch the challenge. He had tweeted about the challenge or liked a couple tweets about the challenge and stuff like that. Um, so I took the opportunity to bring him some challenge mania swag. Uh, challenge, he loved the challenge accepted shirt, loved the I'm a challenge maniac shirt, specifically ask, Asked to hold that one in the photo, the I'm a Challenge Maniac shirt. Nice. Um, I pull out the Kill a Cam shirt. He immediately said, oh, Kill a Cam. His brother, first thing he said to me was, do you know Johnny Bananas? <laughs> he's, he's like, he's like, you think you can maybe help, uh, help us, uh, get Johnny Bananas to do our YouTube show? I'm like, it's, uh, it's like, you guys are on a team that might win 70 games. You're probably going to go to the NBA finals. And you're asking me if I can introduce you to Johnny. But that's, that's what's great about television. And that's just what's great about the world is that everybody's a fan of something. You know, these guys have 20,000 people in an arena. Maybe not that arena because it was an away game, but chanting their names every night, cheering them on, paying hundreds of dollars to see them perform, buying their jerseys. And they go on a bus, pull out their phone and watch the challenge on their phone so they can root for Johnny Bananas and kill a cam and even, even Derek. He knows who you are. Giannis know, I said, I say, oh, Derek's my co-host. You know Derek? And he goes, yeah, I know Derek. And then he pauses and he goes, but he hasn't been on in a while, has he? Ah, <laughs> oh, yes. So he does know. He knows who you are. So that's, that's pretty damn cool. Fucking awesome. Well, we're going to yeah. need to send him a text the next time I show up. Yeah. But this time I might be showing up for Survivor instead of the challenge. Oh, whoa. Dun, dun, dun. Spoiler alert. The thing about showing up for Survivor, though, is like, I mean, you hear about it. It's like, <laughs> if you're doing that show, you can't even tell, like, you know what I mean? Like, hear people that went on that show and, like, barely told their boss and wife, you know? It's like, uh, it's one of those, it's like the opposite. You're so used to, like, you know, the challenge version, which is like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't tell my followers, but they all kind of know. Whereas, like, on Survivor, your like brother-in-law thinks that you're like really just like on vacation or something. Yeah, but this way I could be like, yeah, I'm going on the challenge. Uh, oh you know? yeah, yeah, that's the good one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then I'm just like, I'm not really on the challenge. Yeah, your excuse is that you're going on the challenge, yeah. but really you're going on Survivor. So, but, yo, so uh, but really, but really, you can't even say that. You just even I gotta talk. I mean, even my close people, like even the, my like secondary close knit type of family, I'm just like I gotta leave for a little bit, and they kind of just know. You know what I mean? So it's not like I have to tell them details. The people that are closest to me, like my child, I have to tell details, you right. know? Um, just real quick, and then we'll move on to our guest, uh, Mr. Davis Mallory, who's going to be on the podcast. I will say, I mean, what's really cool, obviously, it's, it's cool that, that Giannis and, uh, Thanasis like the challenge, but, but, it, but it's also, I mean, you know, I've been around a lot of athletes. Um, and you know, not every superstar athlete is the most inviting and gracious and whatnot. And like, you know, like LeBron James is like, you know, one of the best athletes of all time in any sport, but like, he's probably walking straight to the bus, you know, uh, James Harden, uh, Russell Westbrook, like, unless you catch them on their birthday, they're, they're not like the nicest guys to, you know, every fan, unless it's maybe like a little kid, right? Um, 
But I watched Giannis like greet a lot of other people as well, and obviously he was really cool to me. And it's it's awesome when like the best player in the league is also a really cool dude, um, or you know when some of the uh, athletes live up to their uh, the pedestal that we put them on. So it's great that he's the one who's the fan of the challenge, and not say like LeBron James because I'll tell you LeBron James probably would have blown right by me and been like I don't care what you got for me. I ain't stopping to talk to you. So shouts to Giannis, shouts to the Bucks, uh, shouts to the Wizards, um, and it's it's cool, man. Like, they, isn't that awesome? Like, you you guys are on this show. It's on MTV. Sure, you're competing to win money and stuff like that. But there's people who get to play in the NBA Finals. I'm sure there's people in the NFL, NHL, Major League Baseball, etc., who they get pleasure out of watching you do what you do. I mean, you said it before. Mark Wahlberg told you he was a fan of yours. It's such a funny world we live in. Everyone's a fan of something. Yeah, you know, it's funny you mentioned Mark Wahlberg, and and uh, uh, you know, we can we can move on after this. But like, I saw Stephen A. Smith at the. I saw a picture on on his Instagram or something like that. He's like, he's like, man, when Mark Wahlberg stops you and and says this, and on one side you got Mark Wahlberg, and on the other side you got Magic Johnson or something. One Denzel, of these oh, two, Denzel Washington. Yeah, yeah he's yeah. like. He goes, I think I finally made it. Yeah, right, right, like right. I, It's like, I think I'm finally here. And I'm like, man, Mark Wahlberg, I have to church that one day. I, you know, anyway, um, but, uh, I, I had a, I had an, I had an interaction with, uh, uh, lead singer of Seven Dust, uh, a, a long time ago, a while back. Lejean? Yeah, yeah. LJ, yeah. Love that dude. And, uh, he actually, I never told this story. I rarely told this story. Anyway, he, he, he stops me after one of his concerts. He's backstage or he's, 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 uh, he's out with the people taking pictures. I'm going to the bathroom or coming out of the bathroom. He's like, Derek. Oh my God, bro. Dude. Yo, my wife loves, yo, will you talk to my wife real quick? She's gonna, she's gonna freak out, bro. Can you talk to her real quick? I'm like, I just watched you live in concert. Goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Keep talking about, uh, he brought us backstage and shit. I just started following them, him and his wife. They started following me back. So, uh, I don't, I, I feel it's funny. It's like, I feel like I know, know him. He's just such a, it's like, just like Giannis. You feel like the smile that he has, the, the, you know, the approach, the response they have to you. It's like, it's like, you feel like you're friends. You know what I mean? Um, and, uh, uh, the Giannis story, man. Like, if you don't know who Giannis Antetokounmpo is and you only know him as like an NBA player, Scott, I don't know where they can find this, but like, he has an amazing background story coming from Greece and like, you know, the, like, it's not like that there's that many like Greek gods that literally come out of Greece and grace the NBA. And he's got, now has these, this like family of brothers blood brothers literally that are like incredible basketball players um so it's cool it's cool to see that smile man it's cool to see that like energy coming from people like that um it's it's electrifying man it's it's reciprocal dude it's so fucking cool i'm so glad you got that experience man i've been geeking i've been geeking over it just the fact that like you know i'm part of this product you know I'm part, you know, like I was so happy to like post that picture yesterday, dude. I'm so glad you got to do it. Shout out to Brian Floyd too. Um, 
And uh, yeah, dude. So just really happy across the board. Challenge Mania. It's like a. This is big for Challenge Mania. Also, what Mark Long did for us uh, a couple or last week. So with yeah, Access Daily, Mark Long on uh, Access Daily yeah. flaunting his his Challenge so, Mania Hall of, love, of Fame. Man. I love how, by the way. So so I don't know if you guys saw, but Mark Long was on Access Daily, sort of Access Hollywood during the day. They film it on location and Kit Hoover who uh, was on his Road Rules season, um, and when we inducted Mark into the Hall of Fame, she actually sent in a video that we played before uh, we brought Mark out and, you know, kind of congratulating him. So what's cool is Kit has obviously moved on from her MTV days and is one of the uh, hosts of Access Hollywood, but clearly looks back fondly on that time, and uh, I would assume it was her idea to bring Mark on and reminisce about this. They showed a couple clips from Road Rules and stuff. And Mario Lopez, of course, has to throw in like, what was the show? I, I'm sorry, I, I, I have to admit, I've n- I never saw the show. It's like, dude, you're, chill. You're, hey, we're like, all, all of us, all of us, real road rules challengers are like, chill, AC Slater, chill out. Well, that's why I love. So it's just so funny. It's like, first of all, like <laughs> they don't prep you. Like you have to literally ask the guests, like, what was the show? Like, come on, I mean, you like read a read a like a memo or something. But anyway, what's funny is, and I I, I kid because I love Mario Lopez. But uh, so what was cool is that at the end of the interview, when Mark like shows him the ring, it was kind of like I, I thought uh, it was funny because like you know he's like at the beginning he's like wait so what was the show like what did you guys do with it and then by the end of it he's looking at the ring and he wants to know what it was and he's like yes yeah, my challenge made you Hall of Fame ring. And he's like, oh, oh, AC Slater's like, oh, oh, dang, I didn't know that was – and bam, dude, it was just like worked out perfectly. It was like 10, 15 seconds. But, uh, you know, I talked to, I joked with you and, uh, and, and, and Mark in a group text and I was like, man, I hope this is part of our East True Hollywood story someday, man. Cause that was fucking awesome. And then the next guest coming out, it's like Jerry Springer getting ready to come like wrestle AC Slater in the mud. Just choking about that back half part. But yeah, no, it was a cool moment for Challenge Mania, man. I'm glad that like our community, you know, is embracing this fucking cool shit that's going on in in our in our in our little world well we're gonna make some more memories as i mentioned in new orleans our first time hitting uh the uh the great state of louisiana a place we've been trying to make happen for a long time finally found a venue new orleans not a a, a, a comedy town so we're gonna be doing this one at the howlin wolf um and a little bit of a different format to this show we're gonna do the show first at uh, 1 o'clock, and uh, then after that, we will do the post-show meet and greet. There's just going to be one ticket. Every ticket comes with the post-show meet and greet. Every ticket comes with the event poster, all that good stuff. So put that date in your calendar. Next Wednesday, March the 4th at 12 p.m. Eastern, you'll be able to get tickets at challengemania.live. Um, but patrons will have the chance to get them next Monday. And mm, I smell it. D, I don't know if you can smell it down there in Morgantown, but the challenge smells like it's in the air. You know, I'm not, and don't quote me because I don't know anything. I don't literally know anything, but I have a feeling that we're going to get something soon. I have a feeling. I don't know if it's going to be a trailer or just like a cast drop or something like that, but here's what we do. And some of you guys may know this. You might not know this over at patreon.com slash challenge mania. We will have a full breakdown of the cast the minute it's announced. So if that happens next week, happens the week after, the day that thing comes out, I think it's going to be our girl Emily Longaretta breaking that thing. When she does, when that thing comes out, boom, you'll be able to go to patreon.com slash challengemania instantly. I don't even know how it's possible. You know how it's possible. And you will instantly be able to listen to Derek and I break down the entire cast 
in detail, hopefully the format and the title and all that stuff as well. So we did it last season. It was really fun. It's a great reason to be a Challenge Mania patron. And double down. Next week, you can become a Challenge Mania patron for the month of March. You get the pre-sale code for our on-sale for New Orleans. We're going to have some more tickets going on sale soon. New York on June 6th. You know, maybe we put tickets on sale in a little bit for Chicago, Labor Day weekend, September 5th. And when you're a Challenge Mania patron, you get early access to all tickets. No meet and greet will ever get sold out without you having a solid crack at that. So between that, the big cast breakdown podcast, we guarantee you we will get you. Uh, it's a great month to head over to patreon.com slash challenge mania, which the following people have done. Bethany Brazel, Melissa Addis, Mikey G in the house. Ashton Presley's back. Harley Swift. I like that name. Harley Swift. It kind of sounds like a, like a wrestler or a valet or something like that. Uh, Dominic Vin Satakario, Ruben Johnson, Jeremy Floyd, Mark Leonard. Thank you guys so much for joining the pod squad. Yeah, thanks, guys. And you mentioned meet and greet, and I think you forgot to mention Tampa, and I forgot to, I forgot, I think you forgot to mention that tickets, meet and greet tickets to Tampa, uh, Challenge Mania Life Tampa are almost sold out. Yeah, I think we got about, we're we're a little less than, we're about a month away. So, I'm really uh, loving what, I mean, look, Tampa's gonna be an awesome show. Obviously, I'm excited to be in Tampa for WrestleMania weekend. It's, now it's basically a week down there. Uh, it's gonna be a lot of energy in the air, but, uh, we've created this weekend long experience for the maniacs and that's almost sold out, uh, to, in order to come to the after party, you do need the VIP mean greet ticket. I believe there's around 20 or so left. So head over to challengemania.live, get your VIP ticket because not only do you get the pre-show meet and greet, get those great photos with D, Nicole Ramos, uh, Killa Cam, Hunter Barfield, my man, the godfather, Mark Long. But then after the show at a TVD location, we'll have an after party, get to hang out with everybody. And then the next day, D, I think I've found our brunch location. We'll release it a little bit closer to the weekend. But a great Tampa brunch spot. You'll be able to have brunch with D and myself. I'm sure if some of the other cast members are still around, they might join us. But definitely some quality time with you and me. And that's one of our favorite days of the year when we get to do one of these brunches with the patrons and with the VIP ticket holders who are still around on Sunday. I know a lot of you you guys travel back, but if you are there, it's really cool during the day. You have some mimosas, have some pancakes, have some sandwiches, whatever, um, and enjoy yourself. We get to have like nice long conversations, talk about some of your favorite challenge moments. So the Challenge Mania brunch is a real treat. So head to challengemania.live, as D said, to get tickets for April 4th in Tampa going to be a great day it's going to be a great weekend let's go let's go all right well now let's get to our guests finally i know uh we had a lot to talk about a lot to break down in this intro but do not forget about mr davis mallory davis reached out after nashville he's from nashville you know he could have been a challenge mania live nashville but he had to go somewhere else a little bit of a scheduling conflict he had to get his oil changed no he was in la for the grammys so like the most valid excuse ever but he felt really bad and afterwards he messaged me he was like hey you know i was out in la and i was talking shouts to love a holder by the way he was talking to him and he was like oh you know he was telling me how great your podcast is i'd love to come on so he he, he pretty much booked himself on this show uh and we were happy to have him because because he's had one of the more interesting post-challenge careers. He's killing it as a recording artist, singer-songwriter. We play some of his music during this podcast. In fact, you might be hearing some of his music right now. I'm going to use it all over this episode. He's got some great tunes. You can search Davis Mallory on Spotify, on Apple Music, wherever you get your tunes. Really good stuff. We talk a lot about it. So it's a great soundtrack. Maybe put it in the background while we're... uh, 
listening to this podcast because it will, uh, you know, we talk a lot about his songwriting and, and his uh, career as a musician. So it'd be awesome if you kind of had an idea. So definitely check him out everywhere you get your tunes. Hell yeah. Come on. Let's get to him. If you guys haven't, don't know who Davis is or haven't heard from him, it doesn't matter. Um, he was on the challenge at some point. He's got a great story. Um, I love these. I love these. Uh, uh, where are they now? Will they ever come back? Podcast, man. Yeah, I don't know how much more time we're going to have to do these, so we're getting them in. Uh, we haven't locked her yet, but we're hoping we have a really exciting blast from the past. Where are they now? Guests coming up for you after this. We're going to keep churning these out and getting some names from the past into your earlobes before we get that cast announcement, before we really start churning at that season 35 coverage that I know you guys love. So uh, once we get there, we might have to uh, put some of these guys in the back seat uh, until our next off season or maybe move them over to patreon.com slash challenge mania but for now now's a fun time to talk to the jamie murray's and the randy berry's and the uh, ashley kelsey's and of course mr davis mallory so here what you're hearing right now is shirtless by my man davis mallory i'm going to use that to start the interview here we go mr davis mallory down to florida got your bitches and you show it you're sexy you know it you're sexy you know it Big Mac, Chicken McNuggets, no, Big Mac and Quarter Pounder with cheese, or filet fish You'd be doing the same thing if you were at McDonald's, because you can choose not just one, but two of your favorites for just six bucks. Tasty Big Mac, crispy 10-piece Chicken McNuggets, juicy Quarter Pounder with cheese, or savory filet fish Enjoy two of your all-time favorites for just six bucks, if you can decide on the two. Prices and participation may vary, cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal, single item at regular price. Paris to New Orleans, you're tanning, you're golden, you're sexy. Ladies and gentlemen, on the line right now for today's Challenge Mania, you know him from Real World Denver, you know him from three seasons of The Challenge, but he is a recording artist now who is touring the world and the country, putting out awesome tracks, he just sent us a bunch, and we love it, I've been bumping it all day. Davis Mallory, how are you, dude? Thank you so much, Scott, it's good to talk to you guys. Yo! Good morning, and good morning, Derek. What's up, man? What's up? Where are you at? In Nashville? Yeah, I'm in Nashville. It's freezing cold right now. But, yeah. Yep. Yeah, because I, I, I can't remember the last time I talked to you. Um, we just missed you at yeah. Talent Mania Live Nashville. I, I didn't even know you were there. Or else, yeah. Honestly, I would have hit you up. I heard from Ammo. He said, um, first he texted me. He goes, yeah, I might be coming with some, you know, Challenge alum. And I'm like, oh, I didn't know that there were more Challenge alum living in Nashville. Yeah. Uh, I thought there was only a few, but you know, since I don't know if our, our audience knows or our viewership knows how uh, how much Nashville has expanded, but now they're calling it Nash Vegas. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and, and and I think it suits that city because like, you know how people go to, you know, LA to become, uh, you know, to, to, to become famous or movie stars or whatever the case may be um, mm -hmm. in, in the entertainment world or in New York. But Nashville has always been known as the music city. And yeah. it's surprising that it's taken this long for it to become this like, you know, this this, this expanded version of what, you know, of, of Nashville, which is now kind of like the New York City or 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 or, or this. I mean, you can describe it to me because I, I don't even know. I'm just glad that it's there yeah i mean i used to live in new york before nashville so i came like having had two years living in new york and then 
at first Nashville was still kind of a country town when I got here and because I've been here for seven years, but the TV show Nashville was on air that time I got here. So it started becoming very tourist driven because people wanted to go and see all the sites from that TV show. And I, I say within the last seven years, it's become more and more like in LA or like in New York, all these hotels that you would typically only see in New York city or in LA have started to make a Nashville version. So like the Soho house or the dream hotel or, or the Virgin, things like that. And then it's also just brought an influx of people that want to do music, but don't want to pay the high prices to live in New York or LA. Um, like one thing I've heard for a while is that like a lot of songwriters don't live in New York anymore. So they were moving to LA, but then LA got too expensive. So now they're almost all living here and that's not genre to country. It's like all, all genres. So it's a really great place if you're a writer. Now and it's that. also like I, I'm part of the problem because I had my bachelor party in Nashville, uh, yeah. November 2017, right actually before we started doing Challenge Mania. But, uh, and I kind of chose it for different reasons. I chose it because I was looking for a place that was sort of at what I thought at the time was the anti Las Vegas, was sort of like yeah. the anti gimmicky, oh, I'm going to do a bachelor party. We're going to go to a strip club. Like I wanted to plan mine myself. I wanted to have good food, you know, good drinks, hang out with my friends. We went to a Titans game we went to uh we went to the comedy club like we went to a concert we went and obviously saw a lot of live music down on broadway went to robert's western world all that stuff but when we got there i'm looking on the street and it seemed like everyone between the ages of 20 and 38 had the same exact idea it was like bachelorette and bachelor party city people are driving those gimmicky bikes where you're drinking on the bike machine like new orleans or san francisco so what happened i mean are you kind of part of the you know the music scene there that's annoyed by that stuff or are you glad that nashville now has this like kind of as derek put it a nash vegas spotlight put on it these days as well Okay, so I didn't plan on mentioning this because it's not like something I did, but I released a song today with two other people in Nashville that makes fun of Nashville. It's actually called You're So Nashville. Uh. And just like talking about all the bachelorette <laughs> party, the people that come out of town, like the, they come and they sell like four boots for one dollar. You know, they're like buy one boot, get four for free, things like that. Or like, yeah, there's all these. It, to be to be honest, I don't remember when it really took off and became a thing for this place to become a like a bachelorette industry. I, it's just, it's it's insane how many people are here for that purpose. I was flying here not too long ago. It was like eight in the morning, and I was on a flight to Nashville with all these bachelorettes, and they're like, "We're gonna start drinking if y'all are ready." And I'm like, "It's eight in the morning, y'all, on a Friday." To, but people just come here with an attitude. This is gonna be a party weekend for them. Um. It's overwhelming. I, I, I sometimes touch it because I DJ as part of my income. So like sometimes I'm involved in that industry, but most of the time I'm, I'm kind of separate from it. So I don't have to be bothered by it, but that works out a little bit though, as far as bringing in some industry and some customers, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it, well it's, it's cool because it's almost like a safer Vegas. I feel like, Hey, I'm going to Nashville for my bachelor bachelorette party, mm-hmm. you know, where you can kind of get both. Like you can start drinking at 8 a.m. The city understands, you know, just like you're in Vegas. If you're drinking at like 6 a.m. at the craps table, like it's OK because yeah. that's normal. So if like, you know, you know, 15, 30 year old women are drunk at 830 a.m., it's like, nah. <laughs> it's just, this is kind of normal. But at the same time, let me throw this in there, Scott. So when we were, when we were at the hotel, we were that, staying at a pretty nice hotel, you know, and. Shouts to the Hutton, I, Hutton Hotel. Shouts to oh, them. Let's give them a shout yeah. out. 
Shouts yeah. to them. Great hotel. And, and and when I went downstairs to just like uh, I ordered some food and I just kind of, they had like a nice lounge, you know, nice bar area, nice, very nice restaurant. And they had live music. And um, from what I, I just kind of I was just listening to the music and I was enjoying it. Like, you know, I was a little hungover. I was a little sick. Um, and and and, I, and these two guys were just down there, you know, doing live music, just two guys probably one instrument and a microphone. And, uh, when they got, when they got up, the one guy was pushing the other guy to like, he wasn't like pushing him hard. He was kind of like navigating where he was going to next as if maybe he was sick or he was from what I overheard is that, um, they were telling the stories, Hey guys, we've been on the road for, you know, uh, for like five days. This is our next stop. You know, we're beat, but like, we're going to keep, we're going to keep going for you. And I remember him just like, I, cause I couldn't tell if he was like, this guy's like super hungover or tired from the road. Um, but regardless, this is how they made their money. It was like, it's, they're at the music city and I loved the feel of it. You know, yeah. it was like well-dressed people, good looking people. Um, these guys just trying to like continue to make this path for themselves you know, in the music world, whether they're, you know, feeling like shit or not, this is, they had to make this stop at this hotel. Who knows how much money they're making, but they've got to do it. Yeah. And I understood and I loved it. <laughs> and I didn't yeah. even tip an asshole. I probably didn't have any cash in my pocket. Uh-huh. Yeah. I'm an asshole. Well, you're one of the people who moved to Nashville because what, what's, what, you know, and part of the reason I love Nashville also is the kind of the Southern hospitality of it. And obviously music has such a history there. Like when I went down for my, my bachelor party, like we went to like Jack White's record store where you can like record a, uh, you can literally go in a booth and record a song and it'll print it directly to vinyl. Like we did, we did stuff like that. Right. And part of the thing that's cool is, as you said, Derek, you walk into a hotel lobby, there's a singer songwriter playing. You walk into a bar, there's a singer songwriter playing. You go to karaoke, you make the mistake and going to karaoke like we did a couple weeks ago and the people singing are like Lady Gaga in uh, Star is Born, right? Um, yeah. So I'd imagine it's a great place and I think I read some of this in your bio on your website where was kind of reading your story and watching your, your video that you have up on there that like it's a great place to collaborate, you know, like in comparison to New York or LA, no offense, I mean I've lived in New York for years, like, you know, people are really creative and like to do stuff but like people kind of want to do their thing, you know, in LA everyone's got their screenplay, you know, it's like the collaboration i'd imagine is a little easier in a place like nashville where the vibe is just a lot more chill and open-minded is that fair to say yeah I, I think there's something about being a songwriter that kind of pulls other people into working together my mom is a painter and she's like in the world of painting people don't collaborate like every artist is alone painting by themselves you don't like bring in an extra person and help you finish a painting um but with the, the world of songwriting like it's collaborative like it's typically two or three people working together at a time um, and yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a place that they make t-shirts that's, that jokingly say we should write together sometime because everyone, when you meet is probably here for music and everyone kind of sets up a date in the form of writing a song together. So I, I don't even know, like when people, sometimes people ask you like, so who are you working with? And I could be like, I've probably written songs with a thousand people in this town because it's kind of like the first thing you do when you meet another musician is like, let's set up a session, let's write a song. And then the next, you know, in Nashville, some people in Nashville write one song every day. And there's been days when I've lived in Nashville where I've, I've done that. I've written like five songs in a week and then done it again the next week and done it again the next week. Um, so you can really churn out a lot of music in a short 
or long period of time if you live here and that's what you're here for. And I think it's time to collaborate with the challenge, Scott. Yeah. yeah. And the music and his time, right? Because, yeah. uh, you know, I don't know. I just, I'm visualizing this segue of this song that you had on, uh, on War of the Worlds 2. Yeah. Um, I can't remember which challenge you were on last. Uh, yeah. but yeah, obviously we're interested in hearing like how much you watch the challenge, how you were able to collaborate and get your song in War of the Worlds 2. Yeah. Um, can you remind our viewers which song was it during mm-hmm. what scene and yeah. uh, how how that evolved? Well, I was on the most recent season of War of the Worlds that aired last summer, so 2019, and it was on season four. Um, it's a scene with the four. guys. Episode four. Yeah, I'm oh, sorry, that's right. Episode. Oh, hold four. on, hold on, hold on. Before you keep going, Scott, I want I want to see if you can guess which scene and tell. <laughs> I I hope you didn't look because. When I, when I saw episode four from War of the Worlds 2, I can't really remember which one, but the song is called Shirtless, right? Right, yeah. Davis? Yeah. So, Scott, let's play a little game. Um, I'm playing I'm the song in two. the background right now. So everybody listening to okay. this podcast will be hearing the song Shirtless. So maybe it'll come hey. to their minds, too. So we're trying to guess <laughs> Challenge yes, War of the Worlds <laughs> Episode 4 Shirtless. Now, the song, to me, when I heard it, Davis, I don't know if you've ever got this comparison. It reminds me of The Weeknd. So I was listening to this, I was like, this could be a weekend track. Um, it's obviously, it sets a mood, you know, you you know, and so I'm wondering, was this played during a hookup? Is that possible? Hold on. No, don't tell him yet. Don't tell him yet. That's my guess. That's my guess. So that, that's all you have, Scott. You, you, you're a freaking, uh, War of the Worlds 2 challenge connoisseur. And you're like, oh, it must be during a hookup. That's all you got. Are you serious? Come on. War of the Worlds 1. You think I'm going to be able to pick a specific scene? It's War of the yes. Worlds 1. I want a character. That I saw a year ago. Give me one. Ca- okay, it's a hookup. Let me help you out, Scott. It's a, if it's a hookup, if that's what you think, um, during the song, David's song called Shirtless, and it's, it's during a hookup, who, which people could possibly have been hooking up? And where? What's the scene, Scott? Come on, give me a guess, because I want to guess too. Okay. I want to so, guess. Too. First of all, I want to know if we're. Get- I want to play. Well, if we're, we, I want to know if we're getting close. If it wasn't a hookup, we don't need to further no, the conversation. No, was it no a hookup close. scene? No, was it a hookup no, scene? Do, do not tell him. Do not tell him. I'm about to tell you. To guess, Scott. We need you to guess. Episode four was around the time where Johnny and Wes were getting eliminated. Okay, that's either episode three or four. That's What's, the best. You're you on the wrong season of the show. It was War of the Worlds one. It's oh, the I season. It was War of the Worlds two. No, War of the Worlds one. So a year ago. No, I think it was two. Oh, well, you wrote War of the Worlds one in our email. So okay. Oh, I so thought my notes. Oh, sorry. No, I thought my notes said two. Okay, so yeah. the most recent one. Okay, so this aired probably around late September, correct? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So everyone so, at home, okay. so I want you to belt out your 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 answers. I want I'm gonna you to guess Laurel and Bear. Dating. I'm gonna guess Laurel and Bear or okay. or Georgia and Josh. Okay, wait, wait, now let me guess. Hold on. So the first, so I'm listening to this song, and first of all, like I, I like I love the song. I'm like, this is like I, I was like I had my shirt off. I was actually feeling like, like muscular. You know what I mean? I had like, <laughs> sunglasses on. Uh, I had like my drink in my hand. Very beachy, very confident. It's something that like I would listen to like waking up in the morning. You know, like excited about my sunny day. You know, even if it's not sunny, it's okay. The sun's out there. You can be having your coffee and feeling good about yourself. And I'm thinking I'm Bear. I'm thinking it's a scene from Bear and the three chicks where he's like, it's like Bear's montage with like the three girls. And he's like, oh, it's like super confident. 
you know, he's got the girl. He's like, he's like, I'm a slag. I'm a slag. <laughs> yes. I'm not a slut. I'm a slag. And, I love <laughs> and he's got, you know, they give him like the scene with like, you know, Ashley, then Laurel, then like Georgia. And I don't, I thought there was a fourth girl, Scott. Is there a fourth girl? I don't remember. During that montage? No? There might have been. Is, like, this, is he right? Is Derek right? Was this when it was played? Yeah, there was nobody was looking up, and it was that guy that you just described. <laughs> and said he's a slag, talking about how he's a slut. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> that British guy. So I don't know the challenge it. characters very well anymore. His name is Bear, which ironically okay. is what you would also be if you were shirtless. You would have a bear yes. chest, so that works yes, out. Yes, you would. Um, yes, so, you would. so while we're on it, how did so so talk about this? Because I love this kind of synergy. We saw it a yeah. season earlier with Jose. Jose Jose also had a song come out, Tony Montana. That was featured in, I believe, War of the Worlds 1, if not the season oh, before. Nice. So obviously there seems to be kind of a synergy there with former you know, MTV talent who get into music having songs on the show. I'd love to know, is that something you reached out to them about? They reach out to you about? Do you stay in contact with them? Tell us the yeah. emphasis of that. I mean, to be honest, I don't remember who reached out to who at first. I'm sure it was me reaching out to them, but they also had sort of – one of their um, music supervisors, who interestingly has a name similar to mine, his name is Peter Davis. We met when he was in Nashville for some music event that happened here. And that sort of opened my door up to the music team. And then I went out to L.A. and went over to Buna Murray offices and met multiple people on the music team. And then I just began pitching them my songs. And they've put two of my songs on their shows now. So, And I was just in L.A. two weeks ago and went and saw Scott Freeman and saw this music team, saw some of the old posters that my face is still on, and some things I had signed when I was on The Real World. And, uh, it was a basketball court. And yeah, exactly. Court. Yeah. And so that was a good experience. And then they just keep listening to my music and finding ways to put it on their shows. So. That's awesome. I think that's yeah. really cool because yeah. it shows for people who recognize the name. And sadly, we have such, uh, you know, the, the audience keeps recycling to where you probably have young kids watching and they see Davis Mallory. It doesn't ring a bell at all. But you've got a yeah. whole generation of people who listen to this podcast. Challenge maniacs is what we call them, who when they see your name down there, the name boom busts out to them like, you know, sticks out like a sore thumb. They go and look you up and now they're listening to your music. Whereas if they say walk by your name in a different context or say heard on the radio, they might not put two and two together, but seeing your name at the bottom of the MTV screen while they're watching the show they know you from, boom, there's a connection there. So that's perfect. Yeah. Well, it, it, it's funny, Scott. I think I was te- I think I was telling you this the other day. I was like, it's it's so crazy. It's like we literally interviewed. Um, so I, I'll like put up like on my Instagram story, and I could see like how many hits I'm getting on you know on links or uh, how many people are are, are are clicking on Davis Mallory and uh and 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 vice versa. How many people are clicking on our latest podcast with the winner from last season Survivor? And it's night and day, man. It's like it's like you know the people that follow me are like just challengeaholics, man. They're they're literally challenge maniacs. They don't care very much about the guy who won Survivor last season. You know they they care about Davis Mallory. They, they hey. haven't heard of this guy in a long time. <laughs> they watched him on they watched him on on the show that we break down every week, and they're excited to hear from you and what you're doing. So it's yeah. it, it's just it's just funny how like you know our our community just like. You know, doesn't forget, wants to support, is interested in what you're doing, where you're at, how it happened, where it happened. Anyway, sorry, I think I went on a segue there. I no, I appreciate it, though. Thanks for the love. Yeah. 
Very much. So let's go back and get your original casting story, and then we'll move yeah. all the way up to present day, the music, how you got into that, etc. But how did you get yeah. on Real World Denver? Yeah, so I, I, I tell people this. I wanted to be on the Real World when I was in high school. I remember watching at that point in time. It was like Hawaii, and I definitely watched Derek's season of Road Rules. Oh, okay. And I'd watch like the <laughs> Chicago and the Philadelphia season of Real World, but I didn't think I was like. I, th- I don't think I was interesting enough or independent enough as a high school kid living at home with your parents to be on the show. And I didn't apply to be on the show until I was a senior in college after having you know been out on my own for four years. And I had came out of the closet that same year. And my parents, who were very religious, were upset about that. And it basically said, like, don't come home if you're going to live a gay lifestyle and in this sort of like angry state of mind, I applied to be on the real world and got accepted with that as my story. So it was not really in my plans. I was a pre-med student and I was, a, and I had a, been raised singing in my church. And like, I actually, in the back of my mind, always really wanted to be a singer more than I wanted to be on a reality show. So that, yeah, that was like kind of, and I remember when the season ended and I got a chance to sit down and talk to who our personal producer was, his name was Jim Johnson for the real world. And I asked him like, what should I do now that this opportunity is over? And he said, I tell this to everyone, do whatever it is you were dreaming of doing before you did the show. So then I had to think about, well, what do I want to do next? And, um, right after it ended, I had a chance to meet the then president of MTV networks, Brian Graydon at an event in LA. And he set me up on a few job interviews in New York city at MTV corporate and I wanted to work in the music team and they didn't hire me because I didn't have, uh, I, I, I didn't really know what a music blog was at that point in time. This was like 2006. I'd never read a music blog and they really wanted me to be like an avid music blog, um, reader. So I took that, like, like that information and I ended up starting my own music blog and I started reading a lot of other people's music blogs. And then within a year I got hired by um, MTV to be a music blog writer for them and did that for two years. And I was just like interviewing artists. And then I got a job at a record label because of that experience and then lived in New York city for two years working at the label that now has Halsey on it. When I was working there, it was David Guetta and Swedish house mafia's label. So like I went super corporate with my career, but I realized I still wanted to be a singer and I was like super close to singers for DJs by working for David Guetta and working for Swedish House Mafia. And I sort of like took the leap and quit my job and moved to Nashville to focus on being a singer. So that's kind of the, the navigation I took to get to where I am today. But I've always had family in Nashville. Like my dad's brother is a songwriter who's had a lot of success in his, when he was my age. Now he retired writing songs. And my dad's brother-in-law is a music manager who managed Amy Grant and continues to manage a Christian artist named Michael W. Smith, and they both live here in Nashville. So it's like, this is kind of a second home to me. So that's a bit of my story. I want to jump back to, to real world, but real quick, because you mentioned it when your career trajectory and in, in the music business and stuff, I feel like, you know, making that corporate stop and working for that label and with those kinds of artists that I think, you know, got you and, and uh, having listened to your music definitely has a, you know, 
EDM sort of, you know, sen- yeah. you know, sentiment to it and whatnot. And that's where the whole industry has gone. So I feel like being a singer songwriter at heart, you know, similar to how like a Taylor Swift is who like obviously starts in country, but here we go 10 years in and this is the music she's making too. I feel like since you worked in the music business and you understand how all these relationships work and you understand how to kind of climb the ladder and play the game and stuff, has that helped you be a more rounded, well-rounded musician as early in your career as it has? Cause I think to me, like I'm listening to your music. It's like so polished. It's so modern. It makes so much sense, but you could definitely hear the singer songwriter in you in it, which to me is something that normally comes like a lot later in an artist's career after they try to do the like, you know, acoustic thing for long and long. And like, it's great and you can hear it, but it's not like, boom, this could be a top 10 hit. Whereas it sounds like you're already there. Do you feel like sitting at a desk and, and maybe working in the industry and I don't want to say in a soulless capacity, but in a capacity that maybe didn't feel validating at the time has now in a roundabout way become validating. I mean, I've always like, like, I think like all of us, we listen to music. So I've always been like a heavy listener of music since I was a little kid. So I think in some ways I had a little bit of an understanding about how to write songs or what a song was by working at a label. I think the best thing it taught me was how to apply what a professional like signed artist is receiving to myself. So like the things that we were, I was doing as a service to them, I was able to do as a service to myself once I took myself as and started seeing myself as an artist. So just like some of my branding and marketing and like even grassroots stuff, like I love to sticker anywhere I go. And that was one of the things we would have our interns do is like walk around cities all over the U.S., give them posters and stickers and have them sticker artists. So now I just like sticker myself wherever I go. But you see that as a form of grassroots marketing Um, or like contacting blogs. You can pay thousands of dollars to hire a publicist to pitch you to things that you could yourself pitch yourself for. And save yourself money. And so they're a lot more of flattered when you're you're reaching out yourself. Like I always yeah. think it's cooler if like a director reaches out to me and says, "Hey, you want to watch my movie?" Or if an artist reaches out to me and I've heard of them, it's like, "Oh, this is so cool! This is awesome! I heard from them." Whereas you could tell the minute you get a press release that went out to sixty thousand journalists at the same time, you can tell yeah. like, "Oh, I'm probably not even going to get a response." You know, yeah. so that, it's interesting to know that you know, and having gotten that from the experience of being at a company and watching how they do that and saying, Oh, I can cut out the middleman. Um, yeah. it's interesting. Yeah. So, I mean, I saved myself a lot of money. I got myself in billboard a few times just by researching who was writing there and then sending them my music and they liked it. And, um, I've been in billboard four times now for, different songs I've released. I love that real world is still, I go to your website sentence one. It still mentions real world Denver. You're not running from it. You're not hiding from it. You're not, you're not necessarily leaning on it, but that's a part of your story. And I think it's one that sometimes when people branch out and get into music, acting, modeling, etc., they actually put, you know, way in the rear view and they don't put it in their bio, or maybe they're instructed to by some sort of manager or handholder. Uh, but I love that you lead with it. And I love that it's part of your story story and you know obviously it's led to big things your you know your music's on mtv because of it indirectly at least the relationships you formed from working on these shows so talk about that any kind of you know give you know over the years deciding whether or not you wanted that to be part of your musical identity as well or not that's a super good question and i'm glad you're talking about that because there's a while i mean you look at somebody like a lady gaga or an adam lambert and i mean 
Adam came from American Idol, for example, and Lady Gaga really didn't. She went kind of like straight into her artistry. I did come from a reality TV show, so I do have to sort of talk about that or be aware that people will remember me from that or may, maybe make that a known uh, you know, connection between who I am. There's people around the world that did not see that show, that listened to my music and are hearing me for the first time because a DJ used my voice. And they may not know what that show is because it's not even in their country. So, But for me, I, I've never been ashamed of that show. There's been some really cool people that have done that show and have used that platform to go into other things with their career, like Jamie Chung or The Miz or you, Derek. Um, <laughs> you know, Johanna has done a really cool thing with modeling. There's there's thousands of people. Mike Manning is an example of an artist, a real-world person who's done acting. And there's a lot more. Trishel has done really cool things. Mallory has modeled for Sports Illustrated. You know, I, I'm proud of the experience. I don't think of it as something to bury or hide. Um, so, yeah. Especially since it was on music television, which, of course, is kind of a joke at this point, the fact that they don't actually run music. But it is one of those things where it's a little bit more of a, you know, hey, I was on because you were on The Real World and which I think people still look back fondly on The Real World, especially during the period you were on it. Denver's still a beloved season and whatnot. And look back fondly on MTV from that time period. So in a weird way, I think it's a little different than if you would say – gotten your start on like 2015's teen mom and we're now <laughs> trying to make you know it might be a little different or something like that but i don't know yeah I, no that's a great point i don't know man i i think i think it's stupid to like try to hide it you know what i mean like it's just like it, it, it's like yeah but tell that it, to an actress who's Manager tells them, you know, they loved you, but the minute so-and-so recognized you from the real world, they said we can't use her because nobody will buy that she has this uh, yeah. syndrome that we're trying to sell this yeah. uh, pharmaceutical for. Yeah but, yeah, but yeah, but how many people need to, like, break that stigma for it to not be a stigma anymore? Yeah. You know? Like, how many people have to do, you know, be on American Idol to be, uh, you know, and, and it just be like, that's where they started. Someone discovered them. In this, uh, on this planet, and now they are, you know, this is where they are light years later. That's yeah. where it started. You know, it's like, it's like, why is that, why is that frowned upon? I just, I just, I just think it's stupid, you know? Um, uh, because everyone gets their start somewhere. Everyone has, uh, you, you know, <laughs> you, you, you could go, um, you, you know, people grow up differently and they have, you know, scars from, you know, if you want to call real world or road rules a scar or a black eye on your resume, because that's what it sounds like people are saying. It's like, oh, they recognize you on real world. So that's a that's a bad well, that's, thing. No, I just mean that in the casting stupid. sense. So, like, yes. there's a thing in casting where, again, if you're a celebrity, people want to recognize you because they want you to sell the movie. If you're not a celebrity, people don't want you to be any amount of famous. They'd rather you be anonymous. So that's just the reason I think some people, when they're trying to transition into acting, they don't want to be pigeonholed as a reality star because it comes off as gimmicky. So that's the thing in acting specifically. In music, it might not necessarily be the case that your manager's telling you, hey, cut that shit out of your bio. But I'm just telling you, like, there's a reason that when people transition into acting from reality TV, no matter what show it was, 
that either they're told or they find out through repetition, hey, it's better not to lead with this. It's going to cause more harm than good in the casting yeah. process. Specifically. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but he, but he, but I can only imagine like everyone's like first like some people's or like some like hip hop artists like first song ever where they're just like rapping about like blunt bitches and hoes, right? And some guys like, wait, wait a minute, we can't have that on our label. That's not gonna work. And then later on, his you know his their artistry sort of you know evolves and manifests, and now they're talking about blunt, you know, in in a more creative and you know in in an entertaining way. And now you have a Wiz Khalifa, you know what I mean? It's like, it's like, uh, you know, I, I just think that, you know, the artistry, it, it's, it's able to manifest itself and it starts somewhere for, so for example, Davis has started, you know, and I know you're not saying it like it's a bad thing. We're just kind of having a discussion, open discussion about it. But mm-hmm. like, for example, Davis was just at the, uh, the Grammys, you know, I, and we're yeah. gonna have to have a little bit of we're gonna have to br- have a little breakdown here because you mentioned Billboard. I was on Billboard four times. I don't necessarily know what that means. A couple weeks ago, Scott had to decipher the differences between Academy Awards, Oscars, and Grammys for me because growing up, it all just was like the same thing. I mean, it was all like, like, like on that Sunday. That 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 Sunday, three or four times a year, where all the famous people dress up, and there's a red carpet, and there's a gold award that they give out. Uh, that's like I don't know what show that is, but that's happening. And famous yeah. people are getting awards. I never like broke it down. And a couple weeks ago, when you missed Challenge Mania Live, or you weren't able to come to Ch- Challenge Mania Live, or you were a surprise at Challenge Mania Live, um, you were at the Grammys, right? Yeah. Yeah. How did that happen? Like, well, so what's I got, okay, so for the Grammys, I became a Grammy voting member last year. And in order to do that, you have to be invited in by two other Grammy voting members. And then it's based off of your musical accomplishments. So at this point in time, I've had between at least 20 songs signed to record labels where I'm either the writer and I didn't sing it or I'm the writer and I sang it. So it's based off of, you know, your musical creations. Um, and then once you're a Grammy voting member, you're allowed to go to the Grammys. So this was my first year. I just became a Grammy voting member last year. And so this year was my first year going to the Grammys, which happened to be the same time you guys were in Nashville. Otherwise, I would have been there. And then Billboard is actually a chart. It ranks how songs are climbing um, and being you know played on radio. They do a, uh, you know, hot 100 chart of the top hot 100 songs around the world in different genres. So like hip hop, country, pop, stuff like that. But it's also like an industry read magazine. They have a print magazine, um, and an online form. And it's just kind of like a, a go-to place for music news and music reviews. Um, it's, you know, it has multiple purposes, but yeah, they've written about and ranked some of my songs, um, uh, and included some of my songs on their playlists. Uh, the shirtless is exactly one of the ones they did include last summer um, by putting it on a billboard playlist. So I didn't think that's your, your questions. <laughs> so Scott, so Scott, so this guy's been on bill. This guy's had one of been in the top 100 songs four times and he got his start on real world. And that's a bad thing. 
No, it's great. I mean, that's what, what I'm saying is that him leading with that and that being, you know, part of his story on the forefront, that's great. And that shows that, yeah, obviously success story who came from the real world. I've seen people uh, just this week, someone messaged us on the Facebook group, facebook.com slash challenge mania podcast and said, how did I just find out that Dave G and Tolly started on re- road rules? I had no idea. I've been watching Grimm for six years. They've been watching the guy on TV for six years and never made the connection. The reason is when you you go to DaveGiantoli.net, it doesn't say former road ruler turned grim, you know? That's the thing. There's a difference, you know? So it's, yeah. it's whether or not it's part of your story or not. If you have to dig deep and deep and deep into the bio to find out that that guy Kyle who hosts NFL in the mornings in Chicago, you know, that, that he was on Real World or, you know, if you got to dig, there's people every week, someone goes, Theo Vaughn was on the challenge. They don't know because he doesn't oh, yeah. say, he doesn't say, hey, welcome to Theo Vaughn podcast. Uh, here are my stand-up dates. I hope you saw me on the challenge. You got to do your research, or you have to have really watched the show. Davis, lead, Davis is leading with it, which is great. And again, you hear it, and you hear, you know, former real-worlder, former challenger, Davis Mallory is at the Grammys, voting for the Grammys, performing at the Denver Nuggets halftime show. Like, that's cool. And that's why I said it's awesome that he leads with it in his bio, which isn't surprising to me, Davis, because to be honest with you, you're one of the first people we've asked for your casting story, and it started with... I wanted to be on the real world. I watched the real world. We ask all these people who come on the podcast and it always starts with, you know, I had never seen the show or, you know, they came to the bar I was working at or, you know, I went with my cousin, Tammy. She really wanted to be on, but they like me instead. And so you're one of it, Honestly, it feels good to hear from someone who literally wanted to be on real world for whatever reason and got on real world. Cause it seems like that's what everyone wants the dream to be. These people listening to this podcast would love to be on a reality show. How can I do it? And the success story always sounds to be like the, the answer is don't want to be on a reality show and that's who they find. So it's, it's refreshing to hear someone who genuinely had that goal and achieved it. Not me. I tried to get on real world. And I got road rules. <laughs> <laughs> I actually think that would have been a great experience, even though the challenge is basically a road rules show. Yeah. Hey, let me, well, let, let me make, let me make Dave Gentoli's, uh, uh, road rules experience even worse. Than, okay. than, let me give him more of a black eye. Uh, <laughs> Okay, Scott, are you ready for this? Wait, so was <laughs> – he can't be ashamed of this. He cannot be ashamed of being on road rules, winning money, getting to do like some of the – you know, some randomly cool shit that people only dream about doing. For crying out loud, I bungee jumped out of a helicopter to an active volcano The my, for my, the first thing I had to do on road rules, man. So I can't imagine what – like what – how ashamed he, you know, Dave could be. He was dating someone that was in Playboy at the time. Like Kara, his, his, his longtime girlfriend from Road Rules ended up being like Playboy. That was the next hottest thing. It was like, man, this couple, here's Dave, just a regular average Joe. And he's with this super hot girlfriend that was on the season with him. And that is in Playboy right now. This is like the hottest thing. And he was just like an average Joe. Now he's a superstar. Anyway, um, but, uh, so the person that mentioned it is, is, was, was that, um, the maniac that mentioned it? Was that from Patreon? Was she, uh, is she a patron? Uh, it was all on, fa- it was all on Facebook. I was tagged and a bunch of people were saying, Oh, how, how do we not know Dave Giantoli was on road rules? You should try to get him on the podcast, blah, blah, blah. You guys should do a, where are they now? This and that. 
And the answer really is that because he doesn't tell anybody. Emily Longaretta brought it up to him in an interview last year, and he kind of just like, you know, not scoffed at it, but kind of glossed over it. Yeah. Well, so um, I, I know you think how can he not want to talk about jumping into a volcano no, with you and going I, home with a Playboy playmate, but that's probably not what I, he wants to talk about, you know? I, look, man, I mean, like, I don't know what Playboy is now, but at the time, it wasn't like this, you know, sleazy. Yeah, you know yeah, I mean, but was, the difference I, is like, Playboy is an upgrade if you're on the challenge. It's a downgrade yes. if you're on Fox at 8 p.m. Yes. You know, yes. that's yes. the difference. That's, yeah. you know what I mean? So now yeah. he's probably not, that's not what he leads with at cocktail parties. No, he's not like I no, used to I'm, date a girl that was in no. Playboy. Oh, but yeah, but, or, or that I, you know, ran around a, 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 a ring, you know, chasing a chicken, you know, like I, but it so, sounds like a kid's birthday party in, in Hollywood. Come on. Like, what do you mean? Literally, the, the challenge is called Chicken Chase, and I had to go against him and pick up a chicken, which could also be bad because Peter might be like, hey, what are you grabbing chickens for aggressively like that? Lift them on, lifting them up above your head for. Um, anyway, no, I just think, like you said, maybe you don't, of course you don't maybe lead with it, especially where he's at now, but it's like, you know, I bet, you know, I bet you, you know, backyard barbecues, like those are fun stories for him. You know, yeah, but like, he's now he's played like a supernatural police hunter on Fox. Like I'm sure he's been like doing cool stuff ever since, you know? So it's like, again, yeah. the chasing the chickens probably goes down the pecking order. No pun intended on the cool story list. He's probably having cocktails with Brad Pitt at the post Oscars party. You know, yeah. he's not going to be like, Hey, you ever chase a chicken around, uh, around Thailand with Derek Kaczynski? No, no, but, but maybe when they're talking about fight club or something like that, he's like, you know, I was in a chicken that, fight club, he says. Yeah. He was like, you know, actually I was in something that resembled the fight club at some point. I showed up in, in Argentina. I was supposed to box this dude. I ended up getting away with not fighting anybody, but, but it was almost like, you know, but I watched these two guys beat the shit out of each other and I was almost next. Had the girl that's now on Angela had Angela uh, that's now on uh, 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 all over these TV shows and Halloween and I don't know. You watch these shows on Netflix, Scott. Had Angela actually won, I would have been fighting some other guy next, you know, just like Fight Club. Um, <laughs> I don't know. There's there's some randomly natural segues man you can't tell these hollywood people they're all normal too i mean yeah maybe some you know like they, they all have a past y'all do random dumb shit you know yeah maybe you don't go you know in the public and go hey man i cheat you know i uh you know you don't lead with that yeah but it's like everyone starts somewhere man everyone has some kind of random story whether it's like oh i never thought i was you know i never even i didn't even care about real world i didn't you know, I was trying out. I was working. They approached me and I was like, sure, you're going to pay me to go sit in the house for four months. And what? You're going to film me? OK. You just you don't think about you don't think about the what what, what you're going to be 10, 15 years later. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway. OK. 
Ladies and gentlemen, Davis Mallory's here as well. I know you can't <laughs> believe that, but uh, okay. <laughs> yeah. I, let, let's let's get to some questions. Um, I want to ask one that revolves around the challenge, but specifically about uh, your season. And you can kind of use this to, to talk about your season and the people that you lived with in the house in Denver, who you then went on to play a little bit on the challenge with. Um, what the what forty four says. I'd be curious about how Davis felt about how the Denver cast was towards each other on the challenge. He felt like they were the least connected season we saw come in together. So, uh, yeah, how, how do you take that question, and were you guys connected as a cast? I feel like the fact that we've never been together in a room since the show finished, all five of us, is or seven of us, is a sign that we were not connected. We tried to form a reunion tenure at our 10-year anniversary, and only three or four people came. There's just a lot of animosity between some of the people still towards each other which I think happens on many seasons of that show. But, yeah, I just don't think we bonded very well. Who like, I've the never three seen, or four people that showed up? Well, like, I've never seen Alex, the guy that was on the show, the other white guy, since the show finished filming. I don't even know what his social media is or what he's up to. Um, it was Steven and me and Tyree and Coley that came to the reunion. The girls have a lot of animosity between each other. Are you and so Brooke was, friends now? Because she lives yeah, in Nashville, right? Yeah, I mean, I was at her house literally two nights ago for about three hours. We got a massage together and caught up. I see her about once a week. I'm, I'm going to see her in two days. Um, I see her a lot because we both live in Nashville. Um, and I saw Coley when I was in New York um, just last week. We had lunch, and I hadn't, I hadn't seen Coley in a long time. I mean, I get along well with Coley and Brooke. They don't really get along with each other, though. So there's that. What what are they doing now? Uh, so Coley's doing really well in her career. She's been the vice president of a company that you know has bowling, um, Bowmore is the I think it's either Bolero or Bowmore that is the corporate headquarters. And then she just take uh, she just accepted a job as the CEO of the professional bowling industry. Wow! So she carries two hats. Um, and she says that when people ask her, like, how did this happen to you? A girl that did the real world. She says like the real world was like, you, you, she wasn't her plan. She was at a bar and she just, you know, tried out. She was really on track for this kind of a career. And she just did the secret boss. What's that show on TV where like the bosses undercover is, boss. The, yeah. She just did undercover boss. So wow. She was the boss. It, yeah. It's either already on TV or it's going to be coming soon. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. And what does Brooke do in uh, in Nashville? So Brooke went to NYU for social work, and she has a master's in that, and now she's about to get a doctorate. You know, Brooke's the daughter of two um, psychiatrists, two doctors. Her parents are both doctors. Um, and so she followed into their footsteps. She spent a few years working in the industry of hospice, so like people that are about to die and caring for them. And then she sex- uh, kind of like jumped over into women with addictions and helping them get out of addictions. And so that's her most recent um, field of work. And, and she's going getting her doctorate right now. So it sounds like process of elimination. It really sounds like Alex Smith, who only went on to do one season of the challenge, then I think kind of dropped off the map as far as uh, the maniacs are concerned. I don't hear his name come up very much, maybe because there's a quarterback that shares the same name. It's fairly generic. But um, I remember thinking he was he was pretty 
cool on the show, but have not thought about him in admittedly uh, about 15 years. Um, and then Jen, I think we get questions about Jen almost every day. People are begging us to try to get her on the show. She's recently engaged or married. We don't know if it's going to happen. She's clearly put MTV in the rear view, but you haven't mentioned her at all. Is she someone that and, she, and, she and, and I just are not close. Like I feel like because of the challenge I did with her and I'll say this just cause this is like juicy, but I did my very first challenge in, in like just a couple months after the real world finished. And she and I had made a promise to each other not to vote each other in. And the first episode she voted me in and I saw that on TV and I was like, Oh, I can't trust this person. So our friendship really dissolved after that challenge. Tampa, Florida. Are you ready for the next Challenge Mania date on the calendar? That's right. No Challenge Mania lives in February. No Challenge Mania lives in March. Our next Challenge Mania live is Saturday, April the 4th at the Tampa Improv. And boy, do we have a great lineup for you that spans generations. The Godfather, Mark Long, Hunter Brian Barfield, Killa Cam Williams, and Nicole Ramos will be in the house. Get your tickets at ChallengeMania.live. We will have a VIP meet and greet before the show. We will be having a brunch the next day we will be having an after party if you have a vip meet and greet ticket you can come to all of it that's right a weekend filled with challenge mania entertainment in tampa florida on saturday april 4th and sunday april 5th that's right it's wrestlemania weekend in tampa we're going to be there and you should be there too go to challengemania.live today and get your tickets for our next challenge mania live show on saturday april the 4th hey hiring managers Reopening your small business and rebuilding your team can be tricky when 64% of furloughed workers don't plan to return to their previous employer. If your workers don't come back, Snagajob is here to help. Use snagajob.com to handle your rehiring with access to 47 million hourly workers looking for service industry jobs like yours. You'll save 25% each month with promo code podcast. Start hiring at snagajob.com today. Hold on, hold on. Now we're back to the challenge. I think I was there. You were there. I think you were either on her team or were you on my team? I don't remember, but no, it was I was, the challenge I met you on. Yeah, I was on her team. Yeah. And that was the first season. Um, yeah, you and CT got into it. He went yeah. home. I came in. Uh, and then so you got voted into the fr- – I remember there's something happening with Abe and Elton. They were like after the first uh, – after the fr- – after the first um, competition or the first challenge, they had this like crazy like stare down. It was like Abe. It was like this ladder challenge where you had to like clip the ladder, climb up it, clip the ladder again, like Donkey Kong, put the ladder up, climb up it, yeah, put it down, climb down it, put it down, climb down it, hook it, climb down, and run to the finish. Line. It was actually really cool. And then afterwards, you know, Abram comes through, throws the throws the uh, throws the ladder, and he's just like doing his like, uh, <laughs> you know. And like I think I think him and Alton had this like you know this like I'm the top dog, you know, stare down. And I thought that both of them either you know nominated themselves to go in elim- elimination. Yeah. So how did you get you got well, voted in? Or, or okay, so my very first challenge ever, which was the one I met you on, was the Inferno Three in South Africa back. Jen was on my team. You were on the. Jen the was, guy. Yeah, okay. I was. I was voted in on the very first week to go home because Jen voted for me, and Alton volunteered to take my place, oh. and I didn't actually have to go into the challenge that day. And Alton won, and he came back to our team. 
So I skipped my first week's elimination. And then my next week I got voted in again, but I actually went against Danny from Real World Austin and I beat him. Upset. It was an upset. upset. And I think people were scared to vote me in the third week because I beat someone. So I skipped the elimination the next time and I missed it. And then my fourth and final elimination was against you, motherfucker. (laughs) You beat me. me. So. (laughs) Yeah. Leading, yeah, le- leading me to my very first challenge win. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And actually, here's a fun fact that I think we've probably mentioned this before since we do do a challenge podcast, um, is that, uh, I had gone into the last, the final, like men's elimination, like, mo- like two other times and I had lost. So this was like the third time that I was going into like, the final like men's elimination or the final elimination before the final. And I was like, you know, I was like, fuck, you know what I mean? Like, this is my kryptonite, you know, like this is, I, I, I fucked this up multiple times, you know, and here I am again. Um, but, uh, no, you were like, you know, in that second elimination, like you were clearly very athletic. Um, you were ripped, dude. I like, was the most in shape I've ever been in my life. You, you were, you had the body that I still dream of. I've never been able to get back to that body since that you set show. I don't and, know what I was doing, and, but I was doing it right. And 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 you had, um, you have a football background, right? High school football. Yeah, I did. I played. Uh, I played only one year, but I mean, I went through all the training and you know a lot of training, so. But just one year. Yeah, but the, the the fact that you beat Danny, which was, you know, we didn't know what, how it was gonna go. It's Danny. We didn't from, know Danny was gonna suck. And, <laughs> yes, and by the way, Scott. So back then, if you won like the Life Shield, you were able to either nominate yourself to go into elimination, or nominate someone else yeah. to take your spot in the elimination. So he, so Alton, literally. Said, uh, Davis, I'm gonna go into elimination. Like, I don't know how that made, like, he just did that to, like, save you. Yeah. Cause he's a hero. And he went in against Tyree. Yeah. Who was, like, you know, Huge. a pretty large specimen at the time. <laughs> yeah. It was, it, it was very, like, heroic. It was, like, it was, like, you know, it, it, it was, like, it was the Alton that, like, all of us, like remember or all the, the reason why like we all have all like collectively have this like love for Alton is mm-hmm. because he would do shit like that. And yeah. Abram sort of, you, you know, do kind of like doing the opposite saying kind of like, you know, uh, uh, doing his like little like jab step, like, you know, like I might go in, I'm going to go in, I'm talking about going in, but nah, fuck that. I ain't going in, you know? Yeah. yeah. It was, it was it was weird. It was almost like Abram was the villain at that point. He was on my team. And, you know, like I, like I said, Abe's one of the greatest of all time. And we almost had this, like, two goats going at uh, against each other in the first elimination. But I think I had something to do with talking him out of that. Like, I was like, are you an idiot? Like, straight up, are you an idiot? You're going to put yourself into elimination right now, right off the bat? For what? Get the fuck out of here. Um mm-hmm. But yeah, man, Elton went in there, took your spot, and uh, I ended up winning a challenge championship that that season. So thank you, thank you. You're welcome. My yeah. first one, my first. 
Yeah, that was the farthest I ever went on a show, was that show. Well, what were the other three uh, challenges? Um, so then I took, I guess, almost a full year and a half off and then didn't do any. And then I came back for the duel, too, in New Zealand, where CT punched Adam oh, King. Fuck. Kicked off. Yeah. And I was on it with DM Brown, which was really nice. Mm-hmm. She, she and I grew up in nearby hometowns in Georgia. Like I'm from Marietta and she's from Roswell, which is about 10 minutes of a drive from each other. Um, and my mother's best childhood girlfriend, like they've been friends since they were little girls, had a daughter my age. And that daughter was a sorority sister to DM. So when I got accepted on my very first uh, real world road rules challenge. DM and I had been emailing back and forth, but we'd never met each other yet in real life. And then DM told me this wise piece of advice. She's like, never go on camera and say something super cocky and confident because they'll <laughs> use that right when you do something stupid. Yeah. And, um, I thank her for that. And then I finally got to be on a, a challenge with her, which was the duel too. Hey. And, um, yeah. Yeah, go ahead, man. Keep going. So, it, so you guys developed this friendship, like eventually leading to this song, "Beautiful Girls," which I've, I, I, I listened to and I watched. I actually watched the YouTube video, and which um, you're in, by the way. Yeah. I just, yeah, I mean, I teared up, man. I mean, it's it's just you know, I mean, the song explains itself. It's it's it says you know you know beautiful like it says why do beautiful girls have to go so early or something like that or yeah. something along those lines. I mean, it's a freaking beautiful song. Like by the way, I'm gonna. Are these are all these songs like available on iTunes to, to yeah, buy? I I shared only two of songs with you in the links I sent you that are not out yet, and that's because they're going to be out in just a month. But everything else I gave you um, is already out, and the songs that I was uh, like I gave you the song shirtless that's on the challenge, and then my song Sun and Moon is also used by a, a, an MTV show. Um, then the DM Brown song Beautiful Girls, and then I just had to release this. Um, January with a DJ from Russia. Their DJ's name is Going Deeper. Uh-huh. The, song, the song is called Believe, and it, uh-huh. gets, it gets played on the radio in Russia a lot, Dude. which was pretty cool for me. Yo, that Believe song—that's the last song I listened to. It's it's a jam, man. Like you want to talk about like EDM? So like my grassroots of like you know listening to music growing up with like literally the, remember the mixtapes. I mean like literally. I don't, Scott. I don't know if you had like. I'm playing tape. it right now, by the way. Listeners are hearing "Believe" as we speak right now. So, oh that's gosh, I, that's dude, what I'm, that's what I'm gonna just, do. Like, I literally, I'm like, I want to buy this. Like, this is something that I would, you know, when you have Spotify, I would like so I can get it on repeat. You know, like so a lot of times, like you don't know who the hell you're listening to, really. You know, when you're on Spotify, you're just like, and and this is the type of music that I like. This is the kind of music I will work out to. You know, um. So yeah, dude, that Believe Man's a jam. Yeah, it's it's probably one of my best works works of art, and I'm not bragging about it that way. It's just really well produced. It's super well produced. We're not going to use this against you. We're not going to edit. We're not (laughs) going to hear you say this is one of my best tracks ever. And then when we do something stupid, we're going to play, you know, (laughs) stupid scene. This yeah. is rag, bro. This is dude, yeah. You got some legit stuff. What do you mean? I mean, these guys that made the music is is really who to think going deeper. They're just really good producers. They're like one of the most uh, famous producers in Russia. So they're like, I have a couple friends in Russia, and they're like going deeper. They get a lot of radio play. So they did a really good job on the production. Um, the song is one I wrote in my living room in Nashville with a with my roommate at the time. 
um, and they heard it and, and produced it out. So, are these guys from Russia able to just kind of hack your way up the top of the uh, Billboard charts as well? Yeah, or do you think they could exactly. do some number They're, crunching as well. Next year, I will be president of the music industry. There you so. go. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> With the new iPhone SE for less than 100 bucks at Metro, you rule. It's the most affordable iPhone on the number one brand in prepaid. So whether you're studying online or FaceTiming. Hey, Mom. Hi, dear. The iPhone SE has all you need. Switch to Metro and get the iPhone SE for $99.99 after rebate redemption and six months of service with AutoPay. Metro by T-Mobile. Rule your day. Limit one per account slash household. Requires port and ID validation. Not valid for numbers currently on the T-Mobile network or active on Metro in past 90 days. Restrictions apply. See store for details. I got to ask you a question about Tyree. who You you mentioned briefly that he was at that little reunion you guys uh, had done. Uh, We got a a question from Ray. He said, how are Davis and Tyree now? You guys famously played as rivals. Uh, Got into it a little bit on your season uh, over there. So talk about your guys' relationship trajectory and how it's uh, gone over the years. I mean, I I really love Tyree. We did get in a fight, which was weirdly on our first or second day of living in the house but it made its way onto like the fourth or fifth episode of the show so it felt like it was you know, further along but it was a really quick fight my fight with Tyree was based on just not knowing him very well yet and admittedly being scared of him because he was bigger than me he also told me he had multiple personalities that he named <laughs> each of them and I just had a fear I did have a, a legitimate fear of him because of his size and um, he came at me, if you saw on the TV show, very angry. And I was super drunk and I didn't understand why he was yelling at me. So it blew up into this. It actually won at the 20th season of The Real World Best Fight, which I'm ashamed of, not proud of. Um, I, I won an award for that. But we, we made up the next day. Like, I apologized to him. He, we hugged it out. And we really continued to have a nice friendship throughout the show. And then we did a challenge together uh, a few months later, the one that I met you at, Derek, and we were friends on that. And then we came back for my final challenge ever, which was Rivals. And he was, you know, jokingly my rival, but he didn't really feel like a rival to me at that point. It was just like the viewers knew us as having a fight once. Um, but we we get along. And I he, he's, a, he's a big supporter of my music. Every time I post anything on Instagram, he's always cheering me on and um, – just like proud of me, which I really appreciate. So we shouts have a good friend. Tyree. He's a big yeah. wrestling fan also. So shout, we've never met, but he's always chiming in on Twitter whenever I write something about wrestling. And he was supposed to come hang out with us in San Francisco. But shouts uh, to Tyree. Actually, actually, I I tried to do a uh, uh, participate in a Derek slash Real World Denver reunion as well in San Francisco, and ironically. Neither Tyree nor Jen showed up. And ironically, um, guess who's at posting pictures from Cobb's Comedy Club with Paulie Shore from last night? Scott? Uh, Jen. <laughs> you got it. Oh, uh, so, uh, yeah, I wasn't able to get Jen to come out. She kind of had to do a pass, you know. Um, but uh, Tyree, he was supposed to come. Like, I had it, you know, and he kind of just like, I don't know. I don't, I don't know what happened. I don't know if he got cold feet, but it was like freaking, you know, one of our master class challenges in your lives, man, with, with all the, 
all challenge champions. Two winners. The last two winners were on that panel. Turbo and D were both on that panel. Yep. Yeah. D before she won. Well, on TV and uh, Turbo right after he won. Let's anyway. uh, let's bang through some of these questions for Davis. Uh, Alyssa's got a one, one that I think you'll appreciate, Derek. What was it like going against Derek in the cornerball elimination uh, on Inferno? Uh, Three. Uh, I actually honestly thought I could beat you, Derek, because I yeah. felt like I might have weighed more than you, but I don't know. Yeah, for sure. I don't know. I was pretty skinny back then, but I, I, I felt confident against you. But I also hate. I remember when I played football, there was this one exercise where you had to stand back to back to another guy and then uh, the coach would blow a whistle and then you have to turn around and tackle the other person. And I always had this one guy that was a little, they paired us against each other because they were the same height, but he had a little more weight than me and he could always throw me down. And that exercise with you reminded me of that. And I think I just got scared right before the hit. So I would always like not hit you as hard as I could have. I would like back off instead of just running at you. And, um, yeah, I didn't do it so good. <laughs> it was like kind of traumatizing for me to like get hit by somebody. I just like, I, I, I didn't want to get, you know, hit really hard. So. Oh, that, and I, yeah, sorry. No, I mean, is that, that's the, I think that's the end of my question. Oh, yeah, no, I, you know, I mean, it's just, it's intriguing, you know, it's intriguing to hear because, you know, like I, you know, I know how to initiate the hits, you know, like one of the, the things that I was always good at in, uh, and, and take pride in, in, uh, in, in football, in tackle football and is, is my defense and being able to tackle someone and take someone down, hit them in the right, right place, um, to, to move them or take them down or, you know, swim through, swim through, you know, the, the people trying to, come in and block me and me being able to get through them to get to the ball carrier, you know, something that I always took pride in and I was good at. Um, but, uh, I was not in great shape. You were, like I said, you had the body that, that I wanted. It's just, uh, and dude, after our, like, uh, you know, like our one, like that first round, you know, it, you know, it was like, I was, I was dead. Like I was winded. Like bad, like. <laughs> yes, you remember. I, I don't know if that felt the same for you. I, I smoked. I smoked too. Oh yeah, yeah. I think so. And I was only. I think we only did it like three times, right? Yeah, we only did it three times. But like, anyone that's ever like done like a gasser or gone like, you know, full wind sprint, you know, for whatever it may have been, thirty seconds. Hmm. Is like understands what I'm talking about. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're running up against another guy about the same size as you as fast as you can and you hit each other at a corner and then you have to, what is it? Bypass each other and run around to the other person's Grab corner? the ball. Grab okay, the ball. Grab the ball. Yeah. And then was, go. Yeah. That was it. This, uh, this next question is brought to us by Challenge Mania Live Tampa on Saturday, April 4th. We will be at the Tampa Improv joined by Killa Cam, the Godfather Mark Long, Hunter Barfield, and Nicole Ramos. You can get tickets at challengemania.live. Nice. Alyssa, um, uh, no, Carly asks a question that we normally ask everyone. I'm particularly intrigued by this question being posed to you, Davis, because I think you could do this. Would you ever come back to the challenge? Uh, w- w- like, is that something that's on the table? When was the last time they called you? And is it something you consider at this stage in your life? 
You know, um, when I got my job in New York at a record label, my boss told me I was not allowed to do a challenge because, you know, it can take you away from your job for as short as a month to longer if you if you do well. And so they called me two times during my two years working at that record label um, to do challenges. And that was 2011 to 2013. And then I moved to Nashville and I wrestled with whether or not to continue to do challenges or just focus on music because I saw them as sort of like non-complimentary pieces of, of work you know it's like the challenge doesn't really set you up to be a musician but in the same way the, the viewers know me from the show so going back doesn't you know it doesn't mean that it's a bad move um and i would do a challenge again especially as they've started to introduce other people for you know they've done like i think cardi b's sister did a challenge isn't that correct and like wasn't there like a, a pros versus yes champs vets? versus pros the very yeah. cushy three week gig where you get to live in a hotel off of La Brea and you know get your keep your cell phone talk to your kid every day you just do a challenge every afternoon on a soccer field with the Miz all the money goes to charity but you also kind of get paid on the side it's the dream it's really the dream but uh but yeah so is your answer that you would do that but not the real one because that is an unacceptable answer. Ah, yeah. I mean, I would definitely do a challenge again, though. I'm not saying no to it. For a while, I just didn't know if I should. I was thinking, like, I'm doing music. I don't really want to make the, you know, I just want to focus on music for some time. And I and I have. But I, I think if, it, if the challenge made sense, like conceptually made sense, like it's something that I like the concept, um, I would do it. And, yeah, it's not off the tables. Because, I mean, you're certainly still, I mean, look, uh, you know, you look like you're still physically fit. You're definitely, I mean, still in the age range of a lot of people that are still playing. Um, I think you're still relevant. Clearly, your music's being played during the show. Um, so I think it'd be interesting if they ever do kind of, again, have a theme that would call for it. I know, you know, when you do take as many seasons off as you have, it would probably need to make sense in, in that construct that there was like a theme that called for them to kind of, you know, go all the way back to real world Denver, uh, to pluck you. But I mean, I, it's good to hear that you'd be interested and hope, oh, maybe this is the first, uh, first kind of putting it out there into the ether. So if you guys want to see Davis yeah. back on the challenge, tag him, uh, let the challenge gods know. That's what we call him. So uh, that'd be cool. Yeah. The Challenge Mania shop is open. Head over to challengemania.shop today for the best way to support the podcast while looking good doing it. New designs and items added every few weeks. Maniacs, time to mobilize. Check out challengemania.shop today. Hey, I just got a question. Hey, did your your helmet ever explode during that elimination? Uh, maybe. To be honest, I don't remember that exactly happening, but it could have. Oh my 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 face mask just kept on exploding, <laughs> dude. I, yeah. I I don't know. Um, but uh, yeah, my question. I just this is my last question, Scott. Um, I just got uh, you know how this how the beautiful DM song, which is. It's called Beautiful Girls, but in parentheses it says DM song. How that kind of like manifested in your your relationship with her. And it sounded like she was kind of like coaching you, you know, before the challenge, before you even got on the challenge. Yeah, uh, there's one other story I forgot to share. But she and I were asked um, to speak at a college together because, you know, they used to do that. And I think they still sometimes do bring real world people to colleges. And her message that day was like, if you have a dream – Go find someone who's accomplished your dream, interview them, find out the steps they took to do it, and follow their steps. Wow. And I definitely listened to her that night and like applied that for myself. 
So she was very influential on me. And, you know, her dream was to be a news reporter. Katie Couric was her hero. And she did that by meeting Katie and, you know, following Katie's footsteps. So she was like super, I felt like she was like my sister because of the way that I knew her, as I told you, like she was a close family friend's friend and she was super influential on me. So her passing was really hard on me. Like it was for anyone that knew her, of course. And that's how the song came about. So you wrote the song literally thinking about her or. Oh no, it was about her. It was, I only wrote it the day I found out she passed. Oh, like, wow. Yeah. Like I, I, the, the, the thought, the chorus was, which was like, beautiful girls aren't supposed to die young came to my mind the day I found out she died. And I had a songwriting session scheduled that week. And when the session started, I was like, guys, this is what I want to write about. I wrote with two really talented songwriters, so I credit them for writing music and lyrics with me. It wasn't something I wrote all by myself. Um, their names were Ben Goldsmith and Tori Toulier. Um, and they, they, like, they have publishing deals, and they are award-winning songwriters here in Nashville. So like, they're very good writers. And we wrote this song, and we kind of rushed it out because uh, – it, usually with, with the song, like I'll write it and I won't release it for some period of time. But because of the situation with DM, I just sort of quickly released it. And I think if I look back on my history, it was one of the first songs I ever released that I wrote publicly. Because at that point in my time, I was kind of nervous to release anything. So I was trying to get my sound together and you know work with really good producers. And so it sounds pretty different from today's music. If you if you go back and hear that song and you hear my new music. So, so what songs can you get on iTunes? Yeah, I mean, I have, I, re- I released an album in 2017. It's the song is, uh, the album is called Loud and it's based around the song Loud and Loud was my very first song to be signed to a record label. It got signed to Cedric Gervais's label. He's a, a French, uh, DJ. He remixed Summertime Sadness by Lana Del Rey and it got him a Grammy nomination. So Loud became my like, kind of like my first accomplishment by getting one of my songs signed to a label. So I titled my first album loud. And then since then, I've just been consistently releasing singles almost like one a month just to see what does better. And I'm working on my next album. It is kind of like a working piece of art. Like sometimes I'll write a really good song and I'll be like, okay, this is going to go on the album, but I'm planning to release it this year. I haven't even given it a name yet. I just know that it's coming. So there's a lot of like, uh, if you search your name on iTunes, a lot of songs come up with you like featured on other people's tracks as well, right? Yeah. 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 So. I mean, from 2017 until today, I've had, like I said, I think almost 20 songs signed to labels where a DJ is using my voice. Yeah. And, so uh, you get a pretty solid Davis Mallory playlist going on Apple Music, yeah. uh, which it, I was doing it, this morning. Is it all, is it all like EDM? It's primarily, which EDM. I like, which I yeah, like. It is. I mean, I, when I first came to Nashville, everything I wrote was country. And then I was like, this isn't really me per se. I think I'm more of like an EDM guy. So I started giving these country songs to DJs and having them remix them. And now my sound is more kind of like Calvin Harris, um, yeah. you know, uh, Avicii sounding kind of productions. Yeah. So, I fucking yeah. love it, dude. I really do. Um, yeah. Uh, 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 I use so, the Taylor Swift comparison because it's funny. Like I listened to uh-huh. Beautiful Girls and it had that Taylor Swifty kind of, you know, more of a country feel. But then you listen to the majority of your music, and again, it's that kind of Calvin Harrisy, Avicii kind of feel, which I think 
her music still has that country sensibility, but in the, you know, uh, Jack Antonoff, you know, super, you know, synthy pop kind of realm that she's in right now. So I think that I just watched that documentary. So maybe she's just fresh in my mind. But when I listened to your music, I was like, I, I kind of got that feel as well. Yeah. Super yeah. synthesis, bro. Yeah. <laughs> I got that too. I've had Taylor Swift comparisons. Just kidding. I have no before. idea what the fuck that means. <laughs> but Sorry. the weekend, the shirtless man, that reminded me of the vocals on that one or like straight weekend. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. Can, yeah. can someone tell me when, uh, whatever happened to Euro and when, when EDM or when Euro turned into EDM? Is that a, is that a, is that a, is that a, is that a good comparison? Euro, is Euro a thing? Davis, help me out here, man. I think yeah, I mean, it was like – I remember like the years when there was like uh, – what is that, Road Trip? There was like that European Road Trip movie. That oh, yeah, Euro like, Trip. Yeah, Scotty doesn't Euro know. Road Trip, yeah. Like that was the time in history when people were calling it Euro music, when dance music from Europe was yeah. called Euro. And then it became like with – I think the success of David Guetta sort of made it more Americanized and popular and less like European thought of anymore. And now it's like an American genre. That really started out of Europe. So, well, for me, it was like, man, how did it go? How did it go? It went. I think I think the trans. It was like progressive to Euro to this ED to this electric dance music, you know. Mm-hmm. Which I think that that was sort of the progression. I forget I forget the other names before that. You know, when you're just like in the basement, they fucking put put, put the tape in. You, you know, you're drinking when you're not supposed to be drinking those days. Uh, but yeah, this, no, should, this, I this is it, a good man. idea to, I, I think we should plug your, your new spinoff podcast that you're going to be doing, right? EDM, <laughs> uh, mania, right? Is that coming up next, D? Uh, EDM mania. You know, I once, I once had this, now I can't cause I'm not that good at it anymore. I once had this idea to start a podcast called, Sunday morning stories about Saturday night. So, and you couldn't you get the domain hit, name, probably, right? Is if you want to hit me up about that, Scott, you know, we can talk about it tomorrow. But it's going to take a lot more Saturday night, Saturday night mayhem for us to get those Sunday morning stories. <laughs> Let's get uh, two more questions in. Uh, Corinne wants to know: Does Davis forgive CT for the punch heard around the world? Okay, my situation with CT is tough because he's never spoken to me or apologized to me about it. So it's hard to forgive someone who hasn't asked for forgiveness. Of course, I don't hold on to it. I, I don't. I, I'm not non-forgiving. I've I've forgiven him, yes, but I would just love for him to say something, like explain why, or at least just be like, "Yo, sorry for doing that." He's never even tried. So I know you don't watch the show anymore, but, uh, by uh, either by proxy or by word of mouth, have you heard like how that he's, you know, sort of not really the same guy anymore on the show than he was back when that incident happened. And have you like kind of uh, heard or seen it all the kind of growth period he's gone through and now he's like a dad and now he's taken on this pops role on the show where he's like a mentor to the other cats and he's, you know, convincing them not to get into fights and stuff. Um, no, but I did watch the world of the worlds because my song was on it and I saw him on it and he seemed nice. I don't know. He's so, he, to me, he always seems like he's about to lose his temper regardless <laughs> of like how much growth he had. So, um, he still seemed kind of grumpy, but <laughs> all right, let's get out of here on a high note. Uh, yeah. 100 question Howard says, 
We had the chance to meet and speak with Brooke when she popped up in Nashville. Can you recount the night that she absolutely lost her shit and created a pop culture moment that will never be forgotten? What do you want me to say specifically? I re- recount it? Or? Well, yeah, he wants you to recount <laughs> it. We, we got a separate question where someone said, can, so, can Davis sing the song that Brooke wrote about him? Um, I don't know if that's the same yeah. thing or these separate incidents, but when I say okay. Brooke, what pops into your head pop culture? Okay, so I saw that as well. Someone tweeted that question. She had this funny song that I don't really want to sing. <laughs> but, <laughs> but you liked it. But you liked it, the, it uh, like, the tweet. Yeah, I thought it was really funny. She sang this. It was like a blooper, too. I don't know that it made its way onto an episode, but it could have. I don't remember. But it was like, Davis, I have a vagina. Learn to love it. I'm pretty sure that's her song. I don't know of any other songs she sang, <laughs> but that's the one I remember her singing because she wanted to, like, seduce me. And she was super horny on the show. Um, in regards to the previous thing, I think you guys could just go and Google it. Janet Jackson impersonated her for this moment she had where she got in a fight with Jen. And they just started yelling at each other. Uh, well, Brooke mostly. Wait, Janet Jackson impersonated Brooke? Yeah. Janet, at the same time we did The Real World, had a, a reality show on MTV and the concept, I, I don't know what the concept was, but in order to like hype the show up, Janet was taking like popular references at that point in time and recreating them and using those as like a commercial to come watch her show. And she chose that moment with Brooke as a, as a thing to recreate. Wow. Oddly enough, uh, former reality star, not the first line on Janet Jackson's bio here on her website. <laughs> um, yeah. Okay, cool. All right. Well, um, so you said you watched War of the Worlds because your song was on it. Uh, any plans to watch future, future seasons of the challenge or maybe pop in every now and then? I mean, I'll uh, always, uh, I like to tune in. I've, I've missed a few seasons because I've just, I don't have, to be honest, I don't have MTV. <laughs> so it's like hard for me to watch. I, I'm not like a huge TV addict, which is a good thing. Um, and I, you know, one of my friends, is a major challenge fan. So when my show was on shirt, when my song shirtless was on war of the worlds, I just went to his house and just watched at his house. Um, that's like one of the reasons that holds me back, but it's not a good excuse. Any I would definitely plans more. To, to write music specifically? Cause obviously like your song shirtless played at a very apropos time where somebody was talking about how often they are shirtless with other people on the show and whatnot. But you, you know that like, you know, 90% of the challenge is people getting jacked up, throwing each other down a hill, flying on cranes and stuff. Maybe write some songs that are like, just like, clickbait for the challenge music producers in the sense that like maybe the lyrics are like you know you know jump high go fast you know drink alcohol you know stuff like that (laughs) and maybe you could just send it to them they're like this is perfect yeah um i think that's a brilliant idea and i've definitely written music with the goal of like oh let's use this for this purpose i've never done that for the challenge so maybe i'll reach out to the music team tempo wise you know what it is man if you can make it feel like lincoln park you're done. You're good. Yeah. And see what they want. So. Yeah. Oh, oh wait. I just pulled up the clip with Janet Jackson. Have you seen this, Scott? No, but let's it, link. Let's we'll link to it when we post. She's the literally saying, "Davis, come here. I have a vagina. You're gonna love it. <laughs> you found Davis, it, Davis. I have a vagina. Wait, Janet uh, Jackson uh, is uh, saying, uh, "Davis, come uh, here. Uh, I have uh, a vagina." Uh, no, uh, this is perfect. yeah. It's got this fucking EDM music in the back too. Wait, shut the fuck up. I need to hear this. I didn't know can this you was play, Can you play it to your to your microphone right now, Derek? 
No, it's a joke. I can't play it. (laughs) Gotcha! All right, well, Davis, we're going to use your music to get us out of here once again. You can get all of his tunes by looking for Davis Mallory on iTunes, Spotify, Apple Music, wherever you get your tunes. And be on the lookout for those new songs that have not dropped yet. And uh, where can people follow you on social media and check you out if they want to find tour dates and stuff like that? It's all Davis Mallory everywhere. So just M-A-L-L-O-R-Y. See, and that's somebody who clearly worked at a record label and was able to know, I got to lock down the domains. I got to get the (laughs) handles. I'm not going with Davis underscore Mallory. That ain't happening. Yeah. (laughs) So, hey, are you you a resident DJ out there in Nashville? You know, last night I DJed for Vanderbilt University's um, AD Pi sorority. And, like, next weekend I'm DJing at the Top Golf. Um, oh. And then I'm doing an ROTC dance. My life is like kind of all over the place. It feels like every weekend is a different kind of event. From sometimes I do nightclubs, sometimes I'm doing music festivals. I travel outside of Nashville to DJ, which is, it just makes my life interesting. So, well, do you uh, post your dates and stuff on social if people follow you? I should. I mean, for DJing, if it's like a if it's singing, I do. For DJing, sometimes I just keep that kind of to the people I'm playing for because there's always a crowd all right well either join the ROTC or if you're in a club and you think you (laughs) see Davis in the booth it's probably him say what up you know mention the Janet Jackson thing tell me you heard him on Challenge Mania (laughs) Davis dude thank you so much for joining us thank you guys for having me appreciate y'all yeah Davis hey man all the best and uh, hopefully we make it back to Nashville again because I mean we had we had a pretty good time oh and ammo I didn't finish telling the ammo story okay yeah real quick real quick um, so, so basically he was like, uh, he was like, yeah, I was supposed to bring, um, uh, uh, Davis and he told me to give this to you and he gave me a hug and Aww. I was like, oh, I was like, no way. I was like, well, the next time you see him, can you give this, to, give this to him? And I gave him a hug. So Aww. I was wondering if he gave you the hug. I haven't seen him in person yet. So yeah, this is what I'm going to do. I need to go see him in person. I'm not going to say anything. I'm just going to see if it happens. Yes. Oh, I'm going to be so mad. I'm going to be so mad. Um, cool. Yeah. Um, cool. Yeah. Awesome. And if he doesn't, and if he doesn't give it to you, I want you to say, Hey, Derek told me to give this to you. You're an asshole. Okay. Fair. And then tell him the story. Okay, I will. Yeah. Have to say I'm on my way. I'm on my way. I believe. I believe. All right, there he was, the Davis in the flesh. Well, not really in the. In the audio flesh, what'd you think? Yeah, first of all, I think I'm going to have to double down on my commentary with uh, Dave Gentoli and Brad Pitt at the cocktail party. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was, you, that was great. You're like, you're like, yeah, I'm pretty sure Dave Gentoli's going around telling people, remember when I used to fight chickens on uh, on the on MTV? Yeah. They're like, you know, they're they're over there. They're having this like you know, black tie cocktail party and everyone's all, you know, you know, done this shit for like, for fake for like the longest time. By fake, I mean like acting, you know what I mean? Getting their stunt doubles. And he's like, yeah, man, I, you know, back in the days, just do that shit for real. You know what I mean? So he's got all, I feel like 
now when he goes to these like cocktail parties, he has all the street cred. You know what I mean? He's like, bro, back in the day, I used to do that shit for real, man. Yeah. I got footage of it. Watch me throw this chicken up above my head. Yeah. Did I kill it? Maybe. Can't talk about that nowadays. Yeah, probably doesn't work. That's probably not like a good lead in it, like a Hollywood party. No, it's an undercover story. After you have a couple drinks, you know, you want to prove your badassery. That's how you do it. Not everyone's got Dave Gentoli stories from back in the day. Interesting. That's how badassery. That's kind of cool. Yeah. I like that. Um, guys, you know where to find Davis's music. As I told you, you can get it on iTunes. You can get it on Spotify. Everywhere you get your music, just search Davis Mallory. Guy's got some really good stuff. Uh, and look, I think he'd be a cool blast from the past if they ever go that route, you know, casting-wise. I know it's hard to believe that they just go and kind of pluck someone uh, from that far uh, on that long of a layoff. But, I mean, if it fits the format, I think he'd be a really fun guy to see out there again. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Me too. Um, yeah. But man, if he's knocking out songs like this, I mean, these songs are good. Yeah, he's actually, you know? it's funny, in a way, he was on the challenge last year. You know? He's not mm-hmm. competing, but his song is soundtracking the episode. Uh, that's pretty cool. Um, I like that they've been doing that. I wonder if mm-hmm. they're trying to get them to give them the music for free, but well, that's a question for another time. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Hopefully not. Hopefully they're not like trying to finagle them out of their royalties but um you know it's a cool fit i mean we liked it when jose's song was on there i mean it's a i mean your music television i know it's hard to believe at some point so it is interesting people from your your catalog of cast members go on to create their own music i think it's awesome that they then have their songs played on your network yeah i think it's cool just see their names up there and being like a part of this you know what i mean it's like uh you know and they're they're part of like you know, we're like me and you, like we're pretty separate from like what's actually going on in that TV screen. You know what I mean? Like him, he's like, bam, right in there with, you know, the, you know, the people that put the music right up, you know? So, you know, I think it's cool to see his name on there. You know, some people think it's cool to see their, their names in the credits at the end of the program programming. You know? Yeah. No, I, I still think it's cool whenever I see my name anywhere, really. Um, <laughs> I, no, I'm serious. I, I do. I, re- I really do. I mean, I remember when I first started working in TV, even if I had like yeah. a PA credit, I would like pause yeah. it, pause it, take a picture of it, yeah. post it. Tweet it. You know? Yeah. All that I was there. Stuff. That's me. Some of that stuff yeah. still will show up like in my Facebook memories and stuff like that. And it's funny. It's like you remember it's like. You know, after a while, you stop caring about that stuff, but the Facebook remembers everything. So, you know, you see like, oh, yeah, there was a time where I, like, thought it was cool that my name was here, here, here. So, you know, I still think it's awesome anytime I see my name anywhere. Um, yeah. D- I think I, I think you made fun of me with my hyenas, uh, with, with the hyenas movie not too long ago. So I think I'm going to pull a clip from there. Well, hyenas, you better pull a clip because I, do. I don't know if we talked about this, but when we – do you remember this? When we sat down – I guess, I guess, no, you came a little later. Um, when I, I, I was already sitting with Mark at SmackDown in Chicago. And then you and Jamie came a little later. I guess you were, or you were waiting to give Nicole the tickets and stuff. So you come to the seats and the guy sitting next to me leans over. He's like, Oh, Derek, I'm a big fan. And he starts talking about the challenge. And then he's like, and also hyenas. You remember that? Sort of. He watched your movie. This guy who sat, this guy randomly sat next to us at SmackDown, just a random wrestling fan. 
had seen huh. your movie Hyenas. Yeah. That's the most random thing I've ever heard. I don't, uh, until that point, I had only really heard it. Remember we did the show in, in Brea and your boy Wally calls me over. This is when I learned like, no, I'm not, I'm not letting you ask a question. Next time he wanted to ask a question. No, uh, <laughs> I was like, you know, I asked, you know, and, and, uh, and he asked like, when are we going to get a sequel to Hyenas? When- <laughs> <laughs> so you should post a clip so people know what the hell everyone's talking about. Yeah, well, that's funny, man. Only one of my very close friends would actually ask that question in a room full of challenge maniacs that probably know nothing about hyenas. Um, I didn't know about it. You had to tell me about it. <laughs> uh, I'll pull a clip. I'll post it. Please uh, and, do. And I hit and I hit up my my guy uh, Bob Rose. Uh, about that dodgeball stuff. So I just hit him up again. He says he's, he's in San Diego or something. He says he's going to put on his calendar and try to find it on, on Monday. It's on a mini DV. <laughs> oh, he has it. Wow. <laughs> he says he did. Th- so he's got, he says he's going to have to fucking dust off some boxes. You wow, know? Wow. That's amazing. Well, so that the footage lives, we will have it. That's amazing. Um, you know, uh, D, we mentioned it a few times already. Challenge Mania Live New Orleans. It's going to be uh, one of a kind experience. First time ever uh, in the Big Easy. That's what I was looking for. I kept I kept wanting to call it other things, but that's what's called the Big Easy. Uh, Big Easy will not be there, but we will be in the Big Easy uh, on Saturday, June the twentieth. Tickets on sale next week. Early for Challenge Mania patrons, but uh, it should not be forgotten that before that we will be. At the Tampa Improv on Saturday, April the 4th. Get your tickets at ChallengeMania.live. Head over to ChallengeMania.shop if you want to get some cool threads. Support the podcast while looking good. Support your favorite cast members. Uh, maybe get that nice green and white that Giannis was rocking, uh, holding up. He actually, I told you, he loved that one. He literally was like, let me, let me hold up that one. Um, it's Bucks colors too, so. Um, I can totally see him. I can totally see him wearing it over his, his, uh, his jersey. In tonight's game. Oh, that'd be great. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if that happens. If that happens, man. Oh, that'd be awesome. Um, all right, man. Well, thank you, Derek. Thank you, Maniacs. Thank you, Pod Squad. And uh, I don't want to announce it because I don't want to jinx it. But D, without saying who it is, do you think they're going to be excited about who potentially our next guest on the podcast might be? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And it's funny how she has a tie-in to. Uh, the Milwaukee Bucks and the Detroit Lions. So wow, that's a, a little bit of a tease. I'm sure somebody already figured it out. We have a clue. Yeah, well, patrons kind of know. We put it out there to our patrons. Yeah. We kind of told them, give them a little bit of a heads up. So I'm, I mean, I think we pretty much had a live discussion in 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 the war room for our patrons on who we can potentially get next, who we will get next, and who's kind of far fetched at this point. Yeah, well, that's why it pays to be a Challenge Mania patron. You get to come in on the inside and be a part of the deliberation. Who should we have on the podcast next? Where should we go next? Where should we go next? We just asked patrons that. A lot of love for, a lot of love for Ohio. I'm not gonna lie. A lot of love for Pittsburgh. A lot of people want us to come to Seattle. So, um, your voice is heard. Your voice is heard everywhere, yes, Boston, but your, your, your voice is heard everywhere. It's heard on Facebook, facebook.com slash challenge podcast. It's heard on Instagram. He's at Derek MTV. I'm at Scott of Jaeger on Twitter. I'm at Shot of Jaeger. He's still at Derek MTV, but over at patreon.com slash challenge mania, your voice is echoed even louder because, um, 
we really love to get the thoughts and uh, comments of our patrons. Oh, so. oh my gosh. Can you Do you think we can get Mike the Miz's dad to come if we do an Ohio show? I mean, you tell me. You're the you're the gateway to the Miz. You're the one I bother five <laughs> times a week about texting the yo, Miz, asking him yo. shit. No, you must have missed uh, Miz and the Misses uh, a week or so ago. Well, I'm very well. I know Mike Stad from he's been on WWE TV a couple times. Oh yeah, yeah. No, it was just like his first appearance was like on the show. You know what I mean? He's like, yeah, I got an appearance. You want to come? He's, <laughs> Mike's like, did you ask what? He's like, what? You know what I mean? He's like, yeah, it's at a bowling alley. Got people coming. You can come if you want, Mike. Monroe, you can come if you want. I got to go. Go. I got to go. Got to go. I got to go take these pictures. If you guys are coming, get in the car. If not, oh, I got to go. <laughs> They're like, what the fuck is going on? They show up to his bowling alley, walking through the kitchen. It was awesome. <laughs> uh, anyway. Yeah, shots to Ms. and Mrs. It's on Wednesday nights, right? Yep. Yes, sir. Right after Survivor. Check it out. All right, man. Thank you, Maniacs. Yep. Appreciate you. will talk to you soon. And uh, don't forget, next weekend, I mean, next week, tickets on sale. Challenge Mania Nola. Sounds good. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, patrons. All right, guys. This ends your time here on Challenge Mania. Take care of yourselves, and hopefully we'll see you in the future. Just say I'm on the way. I'm on the way. I believe.
You've worked so hard for all the things you have. The salary, the status, the success. And with that image, there's a drink. One to unwind, one to loosen up, one to take the edge off. But how do you know when a drink is more than just a drink? We get it. We can help. Karen's Grandview program has been helping accomplished people just like you regain their lives. Talk to us. Visit karen.org slash grandview. More and more of our neighbors are struggling with the trauma of COVID-19 and the stress of everyday tasks. Life is hard. It's harder on drugs. On average, 130 people die every day from opioid overdose. Addiction is a common and treatable disease and affects people of all ages and all walks of life. Reach out and join the thousands of Virginians that have successfully recovered at off-opioids.org. And remember, the Harrisonburg-Rockingham Community Services Board is here to help.